1: Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Shane Oller Experience once again. I have with me today Rashid and Stoyan. So Rashid plays in Masic, mm-hmm. and Stoyan plays in Adriatic, and they are both also the runners or the uh, uh, part owners or all owners of uh, the Schema Collective as well.
2: Something like that. Um, Some of the <laughs> <laughs> Um,
1: Thank you again for coming on as well on short notice too. I know that can always throw a spanner in the works for a lot of people, but um, yeah, I really appreciate it. I've been following you guys f- uh, for a fair bit fairly recently too, and I've, I'm a real big fan of what you guys do and what you guys uh, support. So yeah, thank you so much for coming on as well. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. It's um, a big deal for for us that you invited us. So thanks. Oh no, I I appreciate it. The fact that you guys want to come on is awesome to me. Well, Um, we're fans
2: of the show too, so uh,
1: yeah, (laughs) uh, pulling at the strings. (laughs) Um, So why don't you guys uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, So how long have you guys been involved with the bands that you play with now?
2: Well, for me, um, Dr. Parallax, that you heard a little bit of at the start of the podcast, I uh, formed that band with my high school mates back in the late 90s, so literally over two decades with Dr. Parallax. Yeah, right. And with Masic, I think I'd be coming up for my second year with that crew.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, what about yourself, Stoyan? I come from the Bulgarian hardcore scene. Bulgarian. <laughs> oh, that's fucking cool. We're going to we're gonna talk a little bit about that later. Yeah, yeah. I like that.
3: So I got involved in 95, so it's 24 years already. Yeah, right. And I started singing and playing in bands since then. And um, I've been in Australia for seven years. Yeah. And I joined Adriatic six years ago. And then we started schema about two years ago or mm-hmm. two, yeah, about two years ago, and it's been awesome just just a um, avalanche of excitement since then
1: yeah right, so while we're on the topic of it as well, uh schema collective, so what is it um, and how long has it been running for so it's a group of
3: friends and musicians who want to go beyond just our lyrics and making a difference in the scene and the social environment around us. Uh, we like to invite and involve musicians and artists of the local scene and try to make a difference with the events that we organize and just the, um, our way of thinking as well to kind of set an example of the types of things that we could be doing to hopefully do um, something better for our society and our world. Um, we do shows with uh, some charitable we do some charitable shows um, we've supported uh, Sea Shepherd Stopadani mm-hmm. uh, Club 139 for homeless people uh, we did a pretty good, pretty large festival last year which we're very proud of and Schema we, Festival the Schema Festival yeah, and we, we did it for mental health awareness S- and <coughs> environmental change so we worked with um, Kids Helpline, um, YMCA, who uh, provide alternative education to at risk young people. Mm-hmm. Um, who else was there, Rashid? Uh, the ADF? ADF, Alcohol and Drug Foundation. And so we promote and, and help kind of create a conversation between all these services and all these kind of support factors that are there available for young people and for the audience in general. We try to destigmatize. Help seeking and um, mental health discussions and conversations, and normalize
1: the things that we're all experiencing. So, how how do you get a hold of these uh, organizations to say, um, well, that want to be a part of what you do? Do you just do you reach out to them, and just say, "Hey, we're doing this." Um, we'd like to put some of the money towards you guys. Would you like to be a part of it in some way? And is that, is that how it normally works out? Or? Um, normally, that's how it would work out.
2: Yeah, essentially.
3: Yeah, yeah. With me, it was a little... I think it was a very interesting pathway. And, and that's something that kind of helped uh, expand and, and maybe shape schema a little bit as well, is that I work in, uh, in mental health in university and I do research in adolescent mental health. So I already work with Kids Helpline mm-hmm. and Headspace and other similar organizations. And um, and it was interesting because I attend these monthly or monthly meetings where everybody from from all these organizations says about what they've been up to in the past and what they're planning for, for the future. Yep. And uh, everyone's just a little bit kind of already knows the conversation and a little bit loses attention and gets a little bit bored with the story. And so one day I decided to say... And apart from working in in this domain in the last couple of uh, months, I've also um, I'm also I also sing in a metal band, and I've also started a non for profit organization of local musicians and artists. And everyone was really excited. Yeah, right. So that's what kind of made us on both sides think that we could really work with each other and support each other.
1: Yeah, right. That's awesome. Um, I haven't. I've only really just started noticing you guys uh, within the last few months per se but how, how long did you say that you that you started Schema was it about two years ago about two years two years that. ago and yeah. what was the initial drive to actually get that started like I know that you said that there's a lot of wanting to destigmatize it and stuff but was there a key moment where you just thought fuck it I want to this is what I want to do or was it like a general build up to it like you planned to, to have something like this going um no, it wasn't pre-planned. But um, Simon, the
3: vocalist for Masik, mm-hmm. and I—actually, um, we had Adriatic and Masik had a conversation uh, um, uh, concert together at. Um, what was that concert called? It's um, was
2: it one of the uh, Metal United? Yes,
3: Metal United Down Under. Yeah. <laughs> this is before uh, my time in Masik as yeah. well. Right, so okay. we played in, in Gladstone together, and we really enjoyed each other's bands, and we started talking. And we were talking about how much we like each other's <coughs> bands and how we'd like to support and promote each other and and how it's the opposite of our previous experience of um I mean the scene in Brisbane nowadays seems to be the opposite of our past experience of we used to be a unity and everyone trying to help each other out, whereas now people seem to be pulling the rug their way quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to make a difference in this and Simon and I were talking and we said Let's start an organization that's going to involve local artists that are going to promote and support each other. Mm-hmm. And we can go beyond just our lyrics and what we want to do
1: to change the world, but actually do something about it. And how has the response been from bands that you've reached out to that want to be a part of it? Been super pretty positive. Yeah, super positive? Super positive. How many so far would you say that are under that Schema umbrella to well, at we, this point?
2: We kind of had the, the initial birth of Schema... And just close friends that were in bands. So, but when Schema formed, Stoy and I didn't know each other at all. It was that connection of Simon bridging it together. So, a lot of the yeah. crew that's part of this core part of Schema, all brand new friends at the time, but we had that sort of close friend in connection or that close band member that was a close friend with the band member mm-hmm. in another one of these, um, yeah, fledgling yeah. Schema yeah. bands, as it were. Um, so, that all just came together of the bands saying, "Yep, we want to do this." Then the members of the bands that were sort of keen to be involved and push that, having meetings together and coming together and that's where we got to meet and actually know each other, yep, and push it from there. And then once we had that initial group of schema bands together, then it was started becoming the conversation of, "Well, how do we then grow our organization?" And initially we were looking at, you know, what other bands could we bring in and who wants to be involved and who's going to be active and do stuff? And so we had a lot of chatter on that, sort of played around with that model a little bit. But then we kind of realized rather than looking for specific bands that want to come into it, maybe we're better off looking at specific personnel or people in the music scene that would be able to enhance and help Schema grow. So the the core bands at a Schema hasn't really grown so much, but we've just brought in other people involved in the music industry and...
1: And the bands yeah. will follow as well. Like yeah. once, once that reputation is, is, is built uh, for what you guys do and what you guys stand for and stuff, mm. once you have that select few of people and bands that start it, yeah. word of mouth spreads like wildfire these days as well, exactly. especially with, yeah. a good, with a good group of people that work for a good cause and um, like to put on shows and play music to That's begin it. with. Yeah. Um, off topic, but yeah, the name Schema, where did that come from? um <laughs> me i'm guilty again yeah. i did my
3: um, <laughs> i did my master's research in um in a schema which is a psychological concept of um the n- the mental cognitive network of um of uh cognitively correlated um factors no it's usually linguistic but it also can relate to like smells and sounds so it's whatever gets activated in your brain as a relation to let's say the word I don't know microphone and all the correlations that you have around this the network around this that's your schema that cognitive schema but you also have like an image of a microphone in your mind and potentially even the memory of a pain from a microphone hitting your teeth a couple of years ago and so that's Mm -hmm. the network and we thought this is what we're doing we're creating a network a local network and it doesn't just have to be local metal musicians it can be anyone that wants to do something to
1: boost the scene and and you know life around us can be involved um that's fantastic um the fact that it goes so in that you've gone so in depth as well (laughs) behind like i would never have known that to be what schema meant like I originally He's thought learning. that it was like a, <laughs> <laughs> I originally thought that it was just like a, 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 I don't know why I went this way, but I was think when I first said it, like schema, like I was like schema things. I was uh-huh. like, maybe yep. it's just well, like it plays into yeah. it, yeah. yeah. With yeah. scheming, yeah. Yeah. coming scheming. up with plans. fuck? I know why I thought that? Yeah. But yeah. That, it that's part of re- schema. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, who knows? But and I do
2: that- a, I do a lot of the design, the graphic design, and the posters for Schema. So if you have a look at the logo as well, that's kind of the ethos that goes into the logo as well. You'll notice that all the letters are broken up mm-hmm. the little chunks and pieces. Yeah, yeah, but they're all connected.
1: Ah, uh, okay. And you got a couple yeah. of
2: little pieces that are f- floating on their own as well, but still, are still part of part of the whole. Yeah. yeah. So that was, um, yeah. When Stoyan had the name, and we had to come up with a logo. That's that's yeah. how I tried to represent what yeah. we are. We're disparate. We're broken up, but at the same time, we're all joined together. We're all linked. Still. So these yes. are the bits that make the S. These are the bits yeah. that make the C, the H, the E, the M, the A. And yeah. then you've got S- the whole.
1: Still a unit and just. Broken inside? No. (laughs) (laughs) No, on the contrary, united from small particles. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) But also
3: you should have a look at some of Rashid's other designs, some of the poster designs he does for schema. They are basically mashups of different, like they create these... Entities, these, I don't know, monsters or demons that are combinations
1: <laughs> of, of different. So, some of the recent flyers that you've done, so say the recent one at Fat Louis, mm-hmm. uh, where you, um, I don't remember the organization, but it was Women's. Remember um, uh, the
2: International Women's Day show?
1: No, no, it was the one that had Terramata know. playing on it. Oh, the um, Quendo show? That's the one, yeah. Uh, so, that um, one I
2: didn't, it was basically just, just a lioness on that one. Yeah for the, but, for the but, women, power and strength.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but what I was only using that as an example. Um, so you're you're the one who comes up with those those flyers yep. for those shows, then. Yeah.
2: And I got to give credit to my wife Sarah for picking picking the lion to represent that. It's a yep. uh, yeah. Of she's now part of the Quendo organization herself. Yep. Uh, suffers from endometriosis, so it was um, yeah her choice and the right choice to go with the lion. I think for that design. Yep
1: all power to it as well like if that's part of the message uh, absolutely um wives are yeah. actually pretty strong in schema as well and girlfriends uh, my wife was the one who was like
3: why don't you call it schema it's something that unites so i give credit to her for for really reminding me of yeah, the, the other as much as i would like to just say oh i came <laughs> up with this yeah credit uh, no. <laughs> no. plus we women women know their shit man yeah plus give we them also give them more props um, definitely they, they're part of, a, part of our schema as well So yeah, yeah. Um, another fun story is that post factum we decided we can kind of attach it so that it works with a whole um, long statement as an abbreviation so it's social change empowering music and art Schema. <laughs> oh, so you've, you've got it Acronymed all... Acronymed that bitch. <laughs> got that shit all figured out, man.
1: That's, I'm loving it. Um, so that obviously plays a big factor in what you guys do uh, in terms of um, involving yourself in the scene, uh, getting the shows out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but turning it back to individually what you guys do... Um, so we'll start with you, Rashid. Is mm-hmm. it, so before I go any further as well, is it Rashid or Rashid? How do you Oh uh, Rashid. Rashid. Yeah. Yep. And
2: Rashid's fine as well.
1: Yeah, okay. Um, so you have been playing for years and years and years, like you said, Dr. Mm-hmm. Parallax was two decades. Um, I was totally unaware of that, obviously. I've only known you a very short Surprise. amount of time. Um, but the most recent thing that I found out was you were playing with Masic and mm-hmm. um, I managed to find them on Spotify as well. And who knows, they, they might even pop up on here at some point. Um, they, you guys formed the Masic in 2018, was it? Or was it 2016?
2: I think 2016. I should know that because I yeah. went diving into the past today to post an Instagram post about the first show that Masik played at the back room uh, and lead up to yeah. Heist Fest this weekend. And once again, that was pre-my time, but I'm pretty sure that was 2016, yeah. March, March the 18th,
3: 2016. Yeah. It would have been 16 because 2017 is when we played together with Adriatic and Masik. So. Yeah.
2: yeah, I saw that Adriatic was on the poster. Did you guys play that show? maybe <laughs> <laughs> i don't remember all
3: the backroom shows what played. happened <laughs> <laughs>
1: um yeah so getting getting back to this as well uh the uh, the album with redshift mm-hmm. yeah um pretty fucking good banger too might i say as well Thank um you very much. so in terms of your writing uh writing habits and mm-hmm. um yeah What's the word I'm trying to think of here? Uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll just start with writing habits. Um, mm-hmm. With you guys as a band, when you got together and decided you wanted to write uh, Redshift, mm-hmm. um, how did it all begin? Like, did you have a sound that you want to adapt to or to keep growing from? Did you want to... Um, what's the word? Uh, yeah... For you guys, too, um, getting all together at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, just basically getting it all together. Paint you and a word picture? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> I'm, I'm making this a lot worse than I should. Uh, how, did, how did the band start? Well, <laughs> yeah.
2: So I, I came in a little late to the piece. Uh, Masik was already functioning and going along really well. And the bass player, the original bass player, Ricky, had to move away uh, for family commitments. So they were shy, a bass player, and they had a bunch of other shows lined up. And one of the guitarists, Shane and I, had been friends for a really long time, and we'd jammed together in a few outfits over the years. Mm -hmm. Like, pretty much whenever Shane was more or less getting some sort of act or whatever together, and they needed a bass player, he'd give me a call, I'd rock up, maybe jam two, three times, and be like, oh, look, I'm too busy with Parallax and can't really commit, like, Mm -hmm. Good friend, want to jam with you, but I just can't fit this other band into my life. And said Ricky had to move away. So I got the call from Shane. Hey, do you want to come and jam and help Massac out? Because we've got a few shows lined up. And it just so happened at that stage, Parallax was taking a bit of a hiatus for a little while, just a few months. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, well, you've actually hit me up at a good time. I have time to commit to this. So I went and learnt their current set and then played the shows that they'd lined up. And then at the end of that, they were like, "Well, do you want to stay as a permanent member?" And like, "Well, shoot, I've already learnt the songs." <laughs> yeah, right. And, <laughs> and and it was heaps of fun. Uh, I said I already knew Shane quite well, uh, but Chris and Simon became best mates. Uh, we had, well, yeah, we had a fill-in drummer at the time, uh, Alan, who's a phenomenal drummer. Yeah, check out Alan Mahood. He's part of heaps of awesome band, So he's the drummer that's recorded on the Redshift album as well. Mm-hmm. But he. Didn't want to stick around to that because he also had his commitment. So uh, our current drummer, uh, Gav, came in after that as well. Mm-hmm. But Gav included, yeah, I've just got four four of my best friends out of this band on top of the other best friends I'd already had in Parallax. So just, yeah, just guys I can always reach out to, talk to. that's perfect and then again schema has extended with that where Stoy has said didn't know him from dirt when schema was conceptualized but Stoy is now a massive part of my life and (laughs) essentially a business partner and yeah i couldn't imagine life Mm without without my crew
1: yeah yeah oh good friends uh in a small environment like that as well um playing fairly regularly too uh well wanting to expand their sound and stuff like that you're going to be any, in each other's lives a lot as mm-hmm. well so I mean if you don't get along and you don't get yourselves on the same wavelength yeah, there's going to be fun. yeah it's not
2: going to be a good time there's
1: going to be conflict obviously um, and so it just it, it would obviously just make work life. it out
2: in the jam room just turn your <laughs> instrument louder than anyone else's and you <laughs> right but in regards back to your first question of the mm. writing part of it basically mm. it was the album was more or less already written so it was mm-hmm. more or less come in learn the parts inject a bit of my flavour because it was pretty much after yeah playing those shows and committing to be a full-time member of Massic that then like, all right, so now we're going to record the album. Yep. So it was pretty much moving straight from that into the studio, as it were, to lay it down. So at the time, it was pretty much just learning the tracks out of necessity and playing them. And since then, it's sort of become more of my own. I've been able to figure out the songs, know them a bit better, know where I can try and add a little bit of this and that in. Mm-hmm. And so now it's then moving on to the future of Masic and we're starting to get into preparation of the next album. Yep. Uh, Chris is the main... Force of songwriting. He just spits riffs out at an insane pace. Uh, so it's taking Chris's nutshell ideas into the jam room and then basically dismantling them, figuring out how we can add our own little individual flavors with it and bringing it back together to create what's going to be next for Masic.
1: mm mm-hmm. So you said before that uh, if there was... So are you a bassist or are you a... A bass player, yes. You are a bass player, okay. First and foremost. All right, yeah, no, because I could have sworn I looked at one of your photos the other day and you were playing an electric and that I thought you were the, the second guitarist or whatever. I could I could be wrong. I don't know. It could have been an old <laughs> photo or something. I might not have been paying as much attention as I should have. You might have been looking um, at Ricky. <laughs> possibly. Um, yeah, so th- that one's all sorted now. So <clears throat> much like what Metal Josh, uh, would do as well back in the day, he would tell me is that he played for God knows how many bands, Lost Counts sort of mm-hmm. thing. Similar process for you as well. Like you said, like you, uh, your friend would hit you up and be like, Hey, uh, need, need you to fill in for this or, you know, these guys need a, a basis for a couple of days. Um, did you find yourself at any point when you were doing that, knowing like that it was starting to get too much? Like even though you wanted to keep doing more and more, like you know, because a lot of people mm-hmm. would be like, "I just want to play music, I just want to play live yeah. and stuff." Well,
2: I mean, because I, I had Parallax, I've, that's that's my baby. That's, yeah. that's I mean, no offense to the massive crew. I mean, I, I mean, and they, they'd accept and understand it as well. That that's that's me. That's where my creative force is really yeah. pushed. Um, it's my main focus and my main outlet for that, but that, as said, Massic has become so close and integral to that as well that it's for me as a player. It's now very like I don't have the that that solid line anymore. It's like mm-hmm. I'm fully intent on both of these outfits.
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: But that said, you know, your first baby's your first baby. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. No. Yeah. Well,
1: I've uh, I don't fully understand that so much because um i haven't played I, i've written songs before i started jamming with a friend um ages ago um but i haven't ever gotten around to playing a show live i know at one point at some point i am going to like it's something that i want to do so tell i know you when you're
2: that. ready hit schema up man we'll yeah <laughs> we'll learn oh, and show sure. up Fuck no, yeah. that's
1: that's even better um but also hearing what People's experiences are like when they get up there and how it makes them feel better. How it—it's just the best outlet for them to, you know, having a bad day, get up there, sweat your balls off, and and play a sweet set. Whether or not it, whether or not you think it's sweet mm-hmm. or the crowd thinks it's sweet, at the end of the day, for most of them anyway, it doesn't matter because yeah. they got up to do what they like. Yeah. Um, the sound that Massic uh that Masic has. Do you do you kind of define it in any way, or do you just? Uh, Oh, the obligatory
2: obligatory sort of three line genre tag we've given it is uh, hardcore groove metal.
1: Yeah, because I was going to ask um, that as well. Like, where, what made you want to put the groovy part into the into the description of it? Is that how you feel like it comes across, or yeah, essentially
2: comes down to the the majority of really the way the drums. Yeah. come through that it's i mean there's certainly still your four to the floor moments there but usually the the beats um yeah you know have got that pump got that the bounce yeah, yeah. To it.
1: I, I only ask that just because you, you see so many people well i wouldn't see you see it all the time but you always hear about it um where people or musicians will be like i'm not in a fucking i'm not in a genre i just play i'm I'm just fucking heavy i'm just Mm -hmm. this i'm just that stop putting us in these groups and stuff like that yeah but then you say we collectively put ourselves in in those sort of genres and don't really have
2: it gives you a starting point
1: yeah Mm. yeah so uh, i i just like to know you know the 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 process behind you know how that works too Mm -hmm. um I feel like I'm leaving you in the lurch a little bit, Stoyan. So oh, I'm fine. Like <laughs> I just spoke for like ten minutes before that, so it's only fair. Stop hugging the mic, Stoyan. <laughs> no, well, I'd like to. No, I'd like to hear a little bit more about Adriatic as well. Um, so why don't we uh, turn our attention to you for a little bit and find out a little bit more about the Bulgaria side hmm. of things? So that's where it all started for you. Tell us a little bit about your introduction to. Uh, Adriatic, and you're growing up. Obviously, it started in Europe. Yeah. So. All right. So I'll start with uh, with
3: the growing up a little bit. Yeah. So I was born in. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so um, in in the mid '90s, I was mm. amazed by um, by the hardcore scene and hardcore music. Um, I was into punk since I don't know, since maybe I was ten or eleven. And I was listening to local Bulgarian punk bands. But then I I found a Minor Threat, um, which yep. they had already stopped playing for at least 10 years. But um, I found them, I think, in 93 or 94. My cousin was just really big into hardcore. So one of his CDs arrived at our house, at our address. I think he'd given our address because someone was stealing their own mail. mail. <laughs> and I played that CD and I couldn't believe it. It was Minor Threat, the discography, and I just couldn't believe the energy and the passion and the lyrics too. And um, so I started kind of looking around for what hardcore bands existed in, in my local scene. and um, And there weren't many. There were maybe two bands. Mm-hmm. And I quickly formed my old kind of bandmates with whom I've just been jamming loud punk music with and I said we're going to be playing hardcore from now on yeah and uh, that didn't work out but um, because I really enjoyed screaming and I was a drummer originally one of the guys from one of the guys had started a metal band but it wasn't really going well so he said come scream with us and I said I'll do it if we're a if we're a hardcore band yeah and that was my first proper band and it lasted for so many years. It, was, it started in 96, so it's called BFH, just mm-hmm. these three letters. Um, and we just released our 2003 album last year.
1: How does because, that work?
3: Well, we, we, had the songs, we had the songs ready, completely ready to go and to record in 2003. We recorded them. Nobody did anything about mixing or mastering. Ah, uh, right. And so then in yeah. 2010, 11, we re recorded them. And last year, they finally got mixed and mastered. <laughs> so that album is now <laughs> 16 years. Um, yeah, long so, process, but you got there in the end. Yeah. I don't
1: and feel so I, bad about Parallax now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're
3: so waiting for that Parallax album to come someday. <laughs> Something I want to mention, by the way, is that Simon, who's not, who's not here, Tonight, um, the Masik vocalist, he would say um, that once he saw Rashid playing Parallax on stage, he just wanted to share the stage with him. That's something he's told me many times. So I think that was a little bit of the drawing factor, not just Shane, (laughs) but also it must have been Simon just saying, come, come join Masik. Got a bit of an amara yeah 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 nope. I got
2: some fans <laughs>
3: <laughs> you should see you should see Rashid play. he's a really like a really big presence on stage Oh, really cool good. I, like, I look forward to seeing him yeah. um yeah so um the the thing that was amazing in in the scene in Bulgaria and it lasted until I left Bulgaria I left in two thousand and three was a huge unity, and I said it earlier. everyone was trying to support each other. We were doing festivals and working on them together. And bands participated and everyone helped with anything they could. And um, nobody ever expected any payment or or whatever. It was just for our own sake. But uh, we did a festival called Free Mind and we did it five years in a row. And I think by year three, we had a thousand people audience from around the country. And we had um, all of the Balkan Peninsula kind of attending and and joining. too. Yeah, So it was really, really big and growing and... um, in year four, it was so big that the mayor of my hometown had to stop our event because there were punk kids sleeping all over the benches around town and sleeping on the, on the beach and throwing up on the corners. <laughs> <laughs> so the mayor stepped in and canceled our festival. It was a three-day festival. He canceled
1: it on day two. Oh, no. And uh, it was a huge Hit to us. So, what did what did um what did everybody else do after that? Like, did they get told to go home, or they not allowed to sleep on, like, not allowed to yeah. hang around anymore? Basically, he just kind of dismantled the festival, and we did a huge backlash
3: of media as a result. Like, we really protested big time, but uh, um, the, o- obviously, the media was under the mayor's influence as well, so um, we weren't part of the of of the people who were going to bribe the mayor who Mm. was a very kind of in bulgaria that was a big thing lots of bribery happening so we weren't going to participate in this so there was huge articles in the newspapers about how punks were sleeping on the benches and throwing up next to them so
1: right so unless there was exchange of exchange of funds for certain things you weren't you weren't able to get away with yeah. what you were doing essentially yeah, yeah exactly, so exactly so pretty pretty shady stuff okay. yeah, yeah. Um, did that happen a lot? Uh, well it happened so we
3: in, in the, f- the fifth year um, so after we getting really hurt especially financially after having paid for everything and all the bands to come in from all from like neighbouring countries as well and play um, we still pulled ourselves together and organised it one more time for a fifth mm-hmm. year and um, and then the mayor locked the venue the day, bef- the day before the festival was supposed to start. Oh, no he kidding. He just locked it in front of us and put a, put a government seal on the door saying that it's not allowed to function. Yeah. And we did a massive protest. Like, everyone that had come from around the country and around the Balkans, Balkans to the town, we did a massive protest, which ended up in the local municipality there yeah, and we spoke to the mayor and we were all very angry and he said but just go and do it somewhere out of the city and that's when I was like that's kind of it for me I'm not going to be working on doing festivals in this country anymore because they were being shut down quite a bit and um, fast forward I don't know 10 or 9 years I was here in Australia and I was going to see the Refused show oh cool and um and i just put something like like on the page on the event page and someone random got in touch with me and said i didn't know anybody in australia still i had just come in and uh with my with my family and and someone said hey you're going to the refuse show i'm going to you want to hook up and i thought well okay that's probably how Australians do it. I guess that's quite weird. Like, you don't know someone, but let's get together and go to the show together. All right, fine. And it was um, this guy, Michael Sambulets. And at the show, we met and we chatted. And he was a cool guy. And he said, I have a band. It's a metal band. Um, uh, I can't remember the genre he defined it as because he didn't call it gent, But I think he was saying something about math metal or something of that uh, sort Yeah, like yeah like math yeah. core or some yeah. shit like and, that yeah, uh, yeah. and I was like cool that's, that's interesting again, again,
1: oh, no, nothing against it just that whole genre thing like I was getting that before <laughs> it's yeah. such a wide yeah. variety of exactly, things you can yeah. go for fucking hell yeah, but yeah no um, you, sorry continue yeah well long
3: story I can talk forever but yeah so um, he said we're looking for a vocalist and I said I'm looking for a band so <laughs> he said you should come in audition and I went and aud- auditioned and they said, um, all right, we'll think about it. And then I went one, oh, they sent me a song. I had to like write the lyrics by myself and, and go and just sing whatever I would want to sing. Mm-hmm. So that was quite stressful to me. And then they said, well, can you do it once again? We'll, we'll k- kind of want to check you out one more time. And I was really sick with like fever, but I was like, I can't miss this chance. And I went there. The band is Adriatic. Where I sing right now. Yep. And I went Spoilers. and auditioned, <laughs> and I auditioned, and they said, ah, "It's not going to happen. Not going to work." Oh, you and said they, that? They did. Oh,
1: they did. They okay. said it's really not going to work, and they
3: sent me home. And I was like, "What?" I thought I did pretty well. Yeah. And then probably about two weeks later, they contacted me again, and they said, "It was just the drummer that didn't like you, but now he's left the band, and we really like <laughs> you. Do you want to join in?" <laughs>
1: Okay. Yeah, so that's my long story of coming Uh, into the Australian scene. Well, uh, until tonight, I hadn't actually had a chance to listen to any of um, Adriatic stuff, and um, so far from just the first one I've heard, it's fucking awesome, so I can't wait to play that as well. Thank you. We're not going to play it just yet, because I wanted to um, ask uh, you, sorry, Stoyan, um, with... You may not, uh, but with uh, growing up in... Uh, Bulgaria and and that scene and how having your local mayor shutting down your shows making things harder um, to essentially just have a good time almost and you know want to be able to hang out with your friends express yourself and and see music that you like um, have you thought that anything that's happening recently down in New South Wales is relatable Ooh, topical yeah mm. like because now you're finding. With, because we obviously I'm not obviously living there, but and you're only seeing what you see uh, through the news and stuff like that. But a lot of what New South Wales has been doing lately, as well, is with the lockout laws, is shutting down a lot of venues and whatnot. And yeah. you're finding a lot of noise complaints uh, that are that are coming from fucking rental buildings that got put up and uh, in like dead set center of the fucking like mm. nightlife area. So of mm. course dumbest fucking idea ever to do but then you've still got that side of the 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 law essentially saying you're not allowed to do this anymore you can't do that you have to have this and that and in order to to run the venue or to put a show on um i'm not saying i'm not comparing yeah obviously you're growing up uh in Bulgaria, a completely different country, but have you seen any similarities of any of that recently about seeing that there's so much police presence now Mm, mm. uh, as well down there? Like, incredibly over the top for the type of... Especially for some of the festivals that are on down there, like, unnecessarily. Um, I heard nothing but good things from Download Sydney. Mm. Um, There was presence there, but absolutely... Nothing, no Nothing out of the like newsworthy. Yeah, and then you you hear about like all the dance ones and stuff, and there's always like thousands of coppers there and and, mm. and everything. Yeah. Um. So I'm just just curious to know have you have you felt like the people like say we're overreacting to it per se or Yeah. Yeah. I, well,
3: overreacting is kind of even like a um, a soft word that I would say. I'd say paranoid. Mm-hmm. I'd say this this tense uh, uh, state of politicians being paranoid and just becoming so restrictive and stifling the the local scene is what sometimes can kill a local scene altogether. Mm -hmm. And um, and what I've seen as an alternative happen in Bulgaria is one town, the mayor shuts down all cultural events, the town next door flourishes. Mm -hmm. So who knows, maybe with all these things happening in New South Wales, Queensland is going to flourish. Well, hopefully, <laughs> that
1: for me that makes it makes me kind of worried though, because like if, if certain people get in to power, that um, I'm not really too much in the know with that anyway, so I wouldn't know who to say that mm. would be a bad person to be in power. Mm. Um, but just as a generalization, um, it could happen. In, it could happen in Queensland too. Like yeah. that's that's the worrying thing that I have because mm-hmm. you still there's like there's a lot of show- like venues around here, but I haven't personally been seeing a whole lot more open up mm. like ve- like in in the grand scheme of things, like more places coming about um so when you have that big fear of something with our neighbors being so close to yeah being so close to us and having all their shit happen with it mm. that do you think at some point either it could make us flourish or it could eventually come to us um there's, and it, yeah. it just it it leads it I know it opens a Pandora's box of like what if and what not, um, but it's also good to hear someone else's perspective on it, especially when they've grown up in another country. Where, um, in this instance, like just with a snap of a finger, mm. the guy that runs your your yeah. town or your country or whatever at that point in time can just say. No. not gonna happen yeah. not gonna happen yeah. and there's massive debates around whether or not we wanna have stuff happen in ours yeah. and what not and it, it, it yeah it, it's just curious to know how quickly it could turn a scene around if that was to happen well in yeah in my hometown it was quite
3: devastating and it, but it was the entire approach of the mayor to, to cultural events in the town so it was mm-hmm. devastating to the town and I think the town still can't recover to mm-hmm. this day because um near, like, neighboring cities just took over all that scene. Mm. So now the massive music events in Bulgaria happen in neighboring cities. Even though my, Mm. like, my hometown is... uh, the biggest on the on the Black Sea. Mm-hmm. Uh, still, there are other smaller towns that actually have the
1: bigger scene now. Right, whereabouts was it that you grew up in? It, Varna. It's called Varna. Varna on the Black Sea. Uh, okay, in, uh, uh, in Bulgaria. Yeah. S- and so now that you've been here in Australia, um, been here for a fair while now, have you got any um, favourite sort of lifestyles here compared to what you had over um, in your hometown? Like, in terms of crowds and and, and interactions with other people uh. well, um,
3: to me, being in brisbane is is an exciting and kind of adventurous part of life mm-hmm. um, When I came in two thousand and twelve it was it was a little quite a bit more dead and and much less was happening than it, than it is right now, but maybe it 's also because I know a lot more people and i 've got my schema buddies here as well so we're always scheming things and there's things happening so it's fun there it is there it is and you said in the grand scheme of things earlier okay so i wasn't fucking crazy all right yeah but also i think that lots of cultural events are happening and to kind of get back and tie it in with your previous question I'm amazed with the amount of support that we get from the local city council. Yeah. Like Brisbane city council supported us hugely at the schema festival mm-hmm. and whatever we've needed, we've spoken to them and it's helped us quite a bit. And many of them, like many of the favors they've given us, like would, they would include equipment or contacting people that could help us get to somewhere. Or let's say, um, um, um venue support, and so they've, they've always helped us. They also supported us with some funds at the Schema Festival as well. Thank you, so.
2: BCC. Sorry? Right. Thank you, BCC. Thank oh. you, BCC, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
3: so quite, I think, quite inspiring, and I that's why I have high hopes for what's going to happen here in Brisbane, and I think it's going to grow for the better. And um, hopefully it's just going to remind New South Wales government that they need to lay off all the paranoia a little bit and just mm. and, and, and let loose a little because the more you restrict things, the, the, the worse it gets for mm. the local. I think even economy yep. altogether. Like I, I, yeah. I, I
1: understand completely as well that one, it is in a different state, but it is something that I think people should at least think about mm. because imagine if it got to the state of what it's like down there as it is here. Like now who's paranoid? <laughs> no, you're absolutely but right. You, you it's it's us, happening. No. It's, <laughs> it's it's, it's only like, <laughs> like
2: two hours drive away from us, yeah. and you're in Sydney, where the harsher conditions are. Yeah, it could very very easily become a reality for us as well. Well,
1: yeah, and yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I I understand that it's a completely different state, but you know, it, we're just on the. We're on, we're they're bordering to us, you know, so it could all it's always a possibility that things could always be trifling won't, but they
3: won't stop events from happening altogether. they'll just put some more regulation into them, yeah, so
1: we'll just get more creative mm. that's that's it <laughs> and I suppose in that instance there, if there's more regulations staying in a good relationship with so far with you guys, uh you said you haven't had too many issues with the council and stuff they would be your biggest hurdles for most of those shows too would they not or on the contrary we've only had support but that's what I mean like uh, if anyone was to to have issues with you it would be them but Mm -hmm. they but so far like you said it's been smooth sailing so
2: I mean that's not to say there aren't rules and regulations in place that we've you know have to try and tear down a little bit and do restrict us from things like we're very focused on trying to bring into uh the scene more under 18 shows or youth orientated shows That's so there's definitely something lots of restrictions stated, yeah. with that like we're approaching venues at the moment and it's like well if you want to do an under 18 event it's only got to be you know before five in the afternoon and it's got to wrap up uh we're going to need to charge you more because we're looking at loss of revenue from alcohol sales so you know there's there's a lot of things in there that yeah i mean yeah Point in case it it can be worse. Yeah, but we can still. There there, there are still things things that we're we're up against, and yeah, Yeah. we just do what we can to work with it. And as Stoy said before as well, we just got to get creative. Yeah, Yeah.
3: Yeah. we take that wave and we ride it, and. and when you think about it, the the biggest New York hardcore scene was the CBGBs, and the biggest shows were happening. They were called the matinées. Mm-hmm. So they weren't the, the they were the all ages shows in the afternoons or the mornings. Yeah, <laughs> like I can't really imagine morning shows, but probably I'd assume well afternoon go, shows. I don't yeah. know how
1: well they'd go here if it was a morning show. But. The
3: yeah, wouldn't have but, even but gone to But bed an <laughs> afternoon an afternoon all ages shows show makes perfect sense to me. I think it's awesome. Like we've done shows at 3 p.m. and it's still amazing. It doesn't matter that it's like outside it's what's happening and and all kind of the energy and passion that's happening within the venue that's going to keep drawing people in. All right, Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I'm not afraid. I think we'll be perfect. Take it on. Yeah. Alright. Well I think that deserves a bit of a stretch of the legs. Um, I'd like to play now your band Stoyan while you were the last person talking. Um Parasite by Adriatic did you uh, so what was the who was the brainchild behind that Um, so the lyrics are mine and I'm
3: very passionate about environmental awareness and um, making every little thing we can to support the environment and going in the right direction and 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 it it, it kind of involves every single one of us making the small choices of not using plastic as much and maybe not using as much electricity and using our bicycles rather than our cars and so on. And um, it's about making a difference. But Parasite is about kind of the desperation that sets in sometimes when you see, despite all of your efforts, see how people are are so wasteful. Mm -hmm. And people almost mindlessly or carelessly or even on purpose destroying the environment around us and it just infuriates me and uh, so that's what the lyrics are about, the pyra- parasites that are destroying the world that we're trying to somehow save for the next generations yep. and um, that's something that's um, kind of an overarching scheme in uh, a theme in Adriatic and it's about uh, environmental awareness and um, the fact, I really love this phrase even though it's it's probably a cliche by now that we don't um, inherit our planet from our parents, but we borrow it from our children. Ah. And I think that's kind of what we're trying to, the message
1: that we're trying to say is that everyone needs to not be a parasite. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, without further ado, we'll get that one on then, shall we? Enjoy. Really big fan of it too as well from hearing it earlier, so I can't wait to actually play it. So, Thank you. Let's go stretch our legs and let everybody have a listen. song i really am like i love i love that sound i don't know what it is uh f- where it started for me but just anything that's down tune i yeah, just man. i just fucking love it i love <laughs> it it's just it's just such a heavy sound it just makes you want to bob your head sort of thing i've just always been a huge fan of that um you should talk to our guitarist tom he's yeah. just he wants to go lower and lower and lower he's yeah like eight <laughs> I string
3: play nine string Infinity. ten string is like a, well I, I i even forget what are we playing now it's like
2: are s- you an f sharp
1: yeah, yeah i think so
3: it
2: I is, is him it him. on a,
1: it, are you playing on a what what rig is he on a seven string or an eight string, string. eight string yeah yeah like, is it like is it one of those ibanez ones Oh you no! Know?
3: We've got a post. I'll, I'll uh, show okay. you our guitars, but um, because so I know that's
1: like the fairly common like eight string you can get. Because I nearly bought a a left because I'm a lefty. Uh, I nearly bought an eight string. He's a lefty light. too. Interesting. Oh no shit! Yeah, fuck yeah! Uh, yeah. it's so uncommon for left-handers, man. It's yeah. a hard, it's a hard life. I hate it. Here you go. Those are our guitars. Oh, that's a babe. Yeah, you should so definitely. I, I'll, so it's they're so, not going to know, yeah. but yeah, it. Yeah, I'll get I'll get him I'll get Stoyan to put the photo up. An absolute babe of a guitar, um, but I don't yeah. know what brand is it. Like, is it Ibanez? I, I I think that was a Schecter by yeah, the I don't looks think of it. Ibanez, Ibanez, Ibanez
2: axes, definitely not Ibanez headstocks, unless uh, they cost them.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure about that. It's yeah, still fucking cool yeah. though. Um,
3: so we've got two of those in the band now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Parallax
2: but, used to be all Ibanez, seven strings, drop A. John's recently branched out into uh, yeah Schachter's and a couple of other other brands but initially we were pretty much that strict mm. strict Ibanez. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: ESP was is is mine. I've always they they're the ones I've always played and they're the ones that have always had left-handed models out that I really like so that's why I stuck with them. And yeah, I can't I can't fault. I can't fault the one that I got right now. It's an absolute babe. Um, so getting back into the swing of things. Um, I would like to talk more about the grand scheme of schema. (laughs) 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 The grand scheme. I saw that coming. (laughs) Like, yeah, no, I had to, um, your brainchild or what you want to do in the long run with schema and ideally how it helps with the mindsets of people that come on with it too. So, as you said earlier, what Schema stands for is definitely very mental health aspect related, all about that. Do you find this lifestyle of being involved in the music scene, um, going out to shows regularly, being out amongst because obviously you've got to go out amongst Mm. other people to get to these shows, like uh, unless you're playing a house show. I mean, still, you're going to be dealing with other people regardless. Do do you find that it's affected your head... Has it affected your headspace in a good way or in a bad way in the long run, do you think, like with certain experiences?
3: Best possible way. Best possible way? It's
1: absolutely defined me,
3: and that's one of the things that's actually helped progress Kima quite a bit as well is that... um, We've um, we've got some support from, from these mental health organizations and from the Alcohol and Drug Foundation because we say that um, in engaging and involving young people who might be at mental health risk, um, who might be struggling with depression, anxiety and, and any issues, involving them, inviting them and attracting them to either come to the shows or actually take part in the scene, take part in organizing, co-organizing events, We're happy to help them with this. Mm -hmm. This is what organ what gets their protection, that mental health protection. It gets them connected. It gets them talking. Gets them out of the house, and gets them to see that miracle that we've experienced at a show where sometimes just like the entire venue and everybody vibrates at that same frequency, and it's just amazing and magical. Mm -hmm. And I think it's transforming. I think it's. that's the power of music that everyone talks about. It's such a protective factor that Mm -hmm. um, we definitely want to bring to as many young people and as many people in the scene as possible. They don't need to be just, you know, the the younger audience. Everybody that's part Mm -hmm. of Schema is welcome and Mm -hmm. hopefully will enjoy those benefits.
2: Yeah. And while clearly like Stoy and I's musical taste is generally geared towards the, the heavy metal end of the spectrum. Schema is all about being very diverse with its genres as well. So uh, we quite often put on show with hip-hop artists at the festival. We wanted to make sure that we had folk, that we had reggae, that we had blues. So once again, that's branching out that it's, it's not just one particular scene or we're not trying to provide this experience for one particular sector it's like get get the hip hop guys to come and vibe in on the metal and know that they've got community and people there that are there to support them as well and get the the reggae crew to come in and see some of the heavy metal and once again let let them know that there's it's more than just that genre bubble you know that this this experience this euphoria you can get from music these these cathartic experiences are something that can be shared across the board it
1: is it is quite a common thing too to see a lot of shows festivals even um, if if they're focused purely on one genre, that's all they'll stick to as well. And, I mean, it can get quite bland. Yeah. Uh, not that it's a bad thing to see all mm. those guys on a bill playing shows and stuff. Yeah. That, ideally, is what yeah. you want. Yeah. But sho- having a bit more exposure for not just the one genre in that mm. instance will quite often, I I think, be able to have people broaden their... Their, their mindset on, you know, not everybody just has to listen to this when they go out and, you yeah. know, check shows out or whatnot. And, I mean, you get those, you get the hardcore ones that are just like, no, nah, fuck it, Th- this is all I want to see. I mean, yeah. wh- wh- who wants to put on these guys? Like, fuck that. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. okay, whatever, that's fine. But that's your choice. You don't have to come and watch those other guys, you mm-hmm. know. That's, mm-hmm. that's yeah. where it comes to. But it could be eye-opening, though, I think. Well, that's it.
2: Like, mm-hmm. yeah, well, look, here is that act that mm-hmm. you want to see. Yeah. But to get to that act, <laughs> you're gonna have yeah. to, yeah, be be yeah. open to, and you're gonna experience yeah. these other types as well, and yeah, you might or, get or turned on che- to that.
3: Check and them out. Like mm. you don't have to be close-minded about it. It's not like hey, come and watch this band so that you can see the other band. But it's like hey, check out something else as well. Even even myself, um, I became a fan of all of the Schema bands, and they're quite diverse. Like for example, uh, I was never into the into the more thrashy, every time I die sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, but regular regular Gonzalez, who are one of the schema bands, just do it so well. And like it's so enjoyable to watch them play. I've really become a huge fan. Mm-hmm. And now I even listen to Every Time I Die from, from time to time as well. They yeah, yeah. they were
1: they were a big band for me growing up too. Every yeah. time I die, well, they were just full on like, in your face the whole time. And it was just a really... I wouldn't say that it was a different sound to what those Mm. other guys were going for Mm. and whatnot. It's just, they were just in your face nonstop. And that was the, that was like the energy that they wanted to bring in. And they just have killer shows all the time. Like Mm. I, I, the first time I saw them, was at Soundwave years and years ago and they encouraged the crowd to throw their shoes at them and it was muddy and everything and they just didn't give two shits and next thing you know is you're just seeing all these shoes just flying up at the stage at them while they're trying to play one of the guys gets hit in the head and he just brushes it off and it's like whatever yeah. and that was that I mean that's the type of energy they bring whether or not it's yeah. who you came to see that day yeah but you're still going to see a band that has just managed to get everybody to take their shoes off and, yeah, and throw them. Just at get,
3: you. get your attention <laughs> one way or another. Yeah, yeah. Excite you and and inspire you and like twist your mind a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And that's the joy as well of having the option to see mm-hmm. other bands too. Like, I mean, Soundwave back then had that array of people and musicians that they could um, that they could expose mm. for everybody to listen to but f- and the scheme is not that big obviously working so on it yeah <laughs> get there in the end you yeah. will but yeah like still even with just the locals so that way they can it can stay fresh in their mind that there's not just the one one type of sure. like one lot of type of bands that are going to be mm. on this sort of thing
2: yeah and with that diversity of musical genres it's we're also trying to appeal to the diversity in people Mm -hmm. so we want to make our shows as open and accessible as possible like we want people from the lgbtq plus community we want females feeling confident and safe in the environments that we're putting on we want people of different uh economics i guess uh, culture faiths if you will i mean we i think it was off mic we're talking a bit about nihilism or nihilism like i consider Mm -hmm. or myself to be a nihilist i i try and actively dispel any beliefs i have Mm. but that just leaves it to openness to accepting and that's that's the way i feel about it no the the more the more i can dispel my beliefs my yeah yeah my personal things Mm. the the more i can open myself up to and in part as well then schema to to allow these other influences to come in and embrace them
1: there's still like ins yeah. There, in, there's still places uh, overseas in different countries where, if you're caught even playing heavy music, that you could be stoned to death. You know, mm. um, I'm not just throwing that one out there, but I do remember uh, metal, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> I do remember a band, whether or not it was. I could be wrong. It was either they were from Israel or Afghanistan that were over here within the last six months or something like that. Um, and the story was was that they had to keep it on the down low that they were coming to play shows because if anyone had found out when they came back... Stamped on their visa. Um, that they could be in a lot of trouble when they get back. Well, you know, that sort of yeah. thing. Um, and it it's quite a worrying thing that you know whether or not it's why that was the case like why that they were going to be in trouble when they get back but you know it it's still something that can be quite prominent in certain places which makes it you know uh, in this in this instance it's overseas so mm. it doesn't affect us directly but mm. um it's still something that happens whether yeah. or not it be on such a uh, such a scale as that mm. but you still find um because of your beliefs or your religion or your ethnicity that you shouldn't be playing certain music or mm-hmm. you shouldn't be you shouldn't be allowed to hang out with certain scenes yeah. and stuff like that it, it, it is it, you don't hear about it as much yeah the sad if thing it is does if it does happen just like if,
2: food you know it's it's, yeah. another, it's another flavor
1: yeah, like you, mm. you can
2: mash mm. these ingredients together and come up with something different, sounds new and delicious. Different, yeah,
1: different yeah. backgrounds always, and you're
2: denying yourself these experiences by being closed off. I, I
1: honestly love like the weird, intricate shit um, that comes through with like, yes, I wouldn't say standard, but just like, uh, for example, I think I raved about it. I may have raved about it on. The episode with Metal Josh, but... Um, Go on, rave about it again. Yeah, I'm... I haven't heard that one yet. I'm trying to think. I've just drawn a blank now. Oh, that's right. Um, I've Alliance, they're a band from uh, Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Uh, they like to incorporate a lot of, like, circus sounds and, like, clowns and, like, that whole aspect of... Even their mm. artwork and shit. mm um, I love that like yeah. especially with the heavier sound and then they manage to mash it in so well and it gives you that spookiness and it's it, it, like that cr- who the fuck wants to put clowns in their song sort of thing but it I works love I love bands <laughs> like that yeah but I it,
3: love Between the Buried and Me they have this kind yeah. of like they mix so many genres and also Kandiria which is one of my all time favourite bands mm-hmm. from many many years ago they've got jazz and they've got this like circus music here, yeah. here and there and they've got Metal and hip hop and they they mash it all together really well and lots of DJ stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm
1: I'm always a big fan of that sort of stuff. So, yeah. it, it, and and just it's a, it's another level of crea- creativity mm-hmm. that can come into it too. Like like I was saying, like who wants who who would have thought about putting fucking clown music into like death metal? Mm. I wouldn't have. You know, the the, yeah. the the core concept behind that sort of shit most of the time is like blood and guts and like stuff that you wouldn't normally do. But mm-hmm. it's it's an outlet sort of thing. But yeah. like. Throw in some weird, weird sounds, and it's just almost like a completely new genre, almost. Which we we do
3: with Adriatic a little bit. We put uh, classic Bulgarian folk music in our music here and there. Yeah, so we've got a
1: little bit of this. I think you were telling me off uh, off the mic before that there's a couple of songs from Adriatic as well that you sing in in Bulgarian as well. Why? What gave you the motivation to want to have one or two songs in bulgarian and then the rest in english i think it just sounds
3: diverse and interesting um so in our first album planina we have a song called krav which means blood and it was written around um, the events that were happening around the world of just um riots Mm -hmm. against the governments and there were Rats in, you know, in Libya, in Brazil, in Turkey, in, uh, in Bulgaria included. And um, there was a friend of mine who actually, um, well, made more of an acquaintance that set himself on fire so that he can make a statement against that very same mayor mm-hmm. who stopped our festival. And he died. He died there right in front of the municipality where we had marched in protest back in the day. Yeah, fucking hell. Um, Brutal. Yeah and so that song Kirov is actually dedicated to him. And um I thought it actually made sense to write a song in Bulgarian and um and de- devoted to him and all, to all the riots that were happening and to all the people trying to desperately to make a difference in the, li- in, the so, in the sort life of run. like a
1: personal statement by yeah. doing it like yeah. to yourself more than anything as well maybe or you mean uh, the lyrics, or yeah, yeah, yeah. like and having s- sing them. In, yeah, in well, it was a,
3: a tribute to him, mm-hmm. uh, but also it was a tribute to all these events and and why not, you know, kind of um, showcase my own background and my own culture, mm-hmm. which is something that uh, uh that I've now done in a different way in in our next album, which is going to be coming out this year. Um, and it's called Koreni, which means roots, mm-hmm. and I sing. Along with, hopefully that's going to happen, there's a Bulgarian, classic Bulgarian folk singer here in Brisbane. Mm-hmm. And I'll get her to sing on the album and to open with a classic Bulgarian folk song. That'd be awesome. And yeah. I'll sing along with her lines. Yeah. And now we've actually got the track ready, even though it's just with a
1: sample singing and we'll even present it at our next show. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That a really cool concept as well. You know, and what are the chances um, of f- finding some uh, like uh, another musical? person yeah. from B- bulgaria that would be wanting to do that as well Brisbane. yeah it's it, it's, it's a, one of those little like holy shit i'm still convincing yeah. her a little bit but i think she yeah. should she, she'll be
3: okay to. Once join, she's listening to, to, to this podcast because be i think we're a bit <laughs> we're a bit terrifying to a false folk, folk singer you know what's that That's music a, <laughs> yeah yeah, it's completely
1: different, different genre as well and especially if that person hasn't been around it they're just yeah like, oh, no, it's I it's I a be a huge surprise of this, yeah. yeah so we'll see but i think it might work so, in in saying in saying that as well, so you have a lot of political influence. Or I wouldn't say you have a, all of it being political influence, but it definitely sounds like there is a lot of political influence involved by what you write, um, and with Rashid, with uh, Masik, um, more than anything. Uh, mm-hmm. From what i've read uh, from what I've heard from from the songs I, I haven't really picked up too much of any sort of political belief so much from Massick. I could be oh, wrong
2: it's definitely there' so, so he's a very passionate I, yeah. soul very passionate character
1: yeah no and and but in terms of just because I'm getting uh um, stoyan's side of it as well, like I just want to s- ask more about your side mm-hmm. um, do you involve? A lot of political choices, uh, or even just from what you've heard news-wise, and you do incorporate into the music that you're feeling at the time when you write it, um, and bring it to the other guys and whatnot. Like, like, yeah, um, I, I miss, I miss, uh, misspoke saying that not all of your music is that's all good, man. Um, politically uh based or anything like that um it it's only from what i'm getting right yep. now, oh of course yeah you know um so again, what I want to know more about too is yep. do you have a lot of influence such as what stoyan has had um mm-hmm. in writing uh your music and uh how it in, uh motivates you to yep. uh get it there sort of thing
2: yeah so More so like with Parallax where I'm a bit more of a creative force. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it kind of comes back to the the, the nihilism that underlines a lot of my personal ethos and belief. That it is all about just the riff and, and the feeling and what the music itself can create. And then from that it's all subjective. But while the music is essentially meaningless, it doesn't mean it has to have a meaningless outcome. Mm-hmm. So one of the shows that I was actually organizing before Schema, for example, is Ostfalia Day, which is uh, in support of Aboriginal rights and the Change the Date movement. Mm-hmm. So while, our yeah, once again, our, our music itself is inherently is meaningless, we like to try and use it for meaningful purposes. Mm-hmm. And that was another big draw when Simon first came into the jam room and said, Oh, yeah, look, I've been having a chat with Stoy from Adriatic probably for the third time I'm going to say, I didn't know from dirt at that stage, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. he explained a bit about what the schema ideals were going to be and what the goals and uh, but basically what it was set out to achieve. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm going to integrate myself into this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to <laughs> ingratiate myself into this. And then I'm going to pull Ostfalia Day into being part of schema mm-hmm. as well. And so that's, yeah, so it's again, the meaning meaning from the meaningless, That that's sort of my... my and on it, stay open, open-minded. Yep. And if there's a good cause to support, support it.
1: Yeah. Do you think, uh, where do you think you guys would both be if it wasn't for where you are now? If it wasn't for Schema? Scheme, if it wasn't for Schema or for it wasn't if you picked up a guitar, if it was never or picked up a <sighs> microphone, mm-hmm. you know, it, from where it first began to even with Schema as well. Like, where do you think... Obviously, if you hadn't have picked it up, Schema would never have come along. Oh, man, (laughs) yeah.
3: If it wasn't for for music and for the scene, Mm -hmm. I I have no idea. I'd be completely different. Mm -hmm. I've got my entire life weaved in with with music and the influences of me being involved in the scene. And I think that's kind of what made my... Wife be attracted to me back in the day as I was doing things with the local scene and I had mm-hmm. a band and I was singing and and I think that's changed my life of course dramatically so from there on also speaking about all of the people that I've been involved in and, and within and all of the events and and some hopefully more successful in changing people's lives and way of thinking and um, promoting kind of like a non-judgmental open-minded lifestyle and um mm. for example bulgaria is a very close-minded in terms of um, lgbt rights country and it's uh, very homophobic and um and i promote and proclaim this and i kind of put this put this doubt i think in 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 the minds of these people that are there through my music but also through what i say but it's always been influenced i think at least partially by the scene and by what I've seen around and what I've seen that I don't like around me in the scene. And mm-hmm. I, I hate racism and, and homophobia and uh, sexism in the local scene. I absolutely would walk away from such shows or even, I don't know, maybe confront people if I if I see this happening. So yep. yeah, it definitely shaped me quite a bit. You, oh, Rashid? For me, my
2: first love as a creative outlet was art and in high school, uh, Cairns High up north where I grew up, we had a sort of more advanced art class, CAD, Centre of Art and Design, I think, is what what it stood for. Um, so I jumped into that as soon as I could, and then I pretty much found every other class that I went to, be it you know English, math, social studies. It, it was just art class while everyone else's doing (laughs) what they should have been doing (laughs) i was straight to the center of my book and just drawing 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 but when it came to going to cad class that was near the music block where i could hear the guys jamming music and i had a love for music as well so every class was art class except for art class which i'd wag to go and hang out in the music room (laughs) with john from (laughs) dr parallax (laughs) right so so essentially look if i didn't if i wasn't playing music then the art would be the, the main focus for myself. But I also like to consider myself altruistic at core. That's, that's how I'd like to try and live my life. Just people need help, help them out. So I'd, I'd be doing something to help people yep. achieve what they want to achieve and live better lives. And generally for my nine-to-five job, which I won't go into now, that's essentially what I do for a living there as well.
1: So how do you find uh, the bodies? Uh, how are the bodies holding up from all the years of playing and throwing yourself about? Ha- beautifully. Beautifully? <laughs> how are your vocals I holding a, up? Oh, my vocals are fine.
3: I haven't had a problem with them, thankfully. Yeah. Yeah, no worries there. I had my knee cave in on stage a, a couple of years ago. That was very weird. Yeah, right. So it was during the first song. I jump a lot, so it was during uh-huh. the first song. <laughs> and, just and my knee caved in, yeah. And I lasted the rest of the set um, just like that, but it was very, very painful, and I've torn like three links in my knee. The doctors say they're never gonna heal. You need surgery and stuff. But I've been riding my bicycle ever since, like quite yeah. aggressively, and I'm fine. Let's okay. knock on wood. Let's hope on the next show I'm not gonna get <laughs> get another one of those. But it's been quite a, quite a few shows, yeah. So I'm I'm fine.
1: Yeah, because oh, I ask as well, because mm-hmm. um, as for you, Rashid, you you had broken your leg as well, not, uh, I don't know how long ago it was, but we were talking about this Two and before. a half months or so ago. Yeah, yeah, and I know that in itself, just, that wasn't from a show. No, right? that but You weren't playing.
2: <laughs> With the nine-to-five job, rumours had gotten out that I was stage diving and doing all this crazy stuff. Like, no, that was, that was the gig before that. <laughs> this one, I was just running a show and standing there and uh, just decided to... Have a fainting episode and break my leg on the way down.
1: Yeah, <laughs> fucking hell, that's not fun. Uh, but that wasn't from a show, obviously. Um, no, it was, it was uh, for a working, working one. That's um, in
2: um, standing for what I believe in and out there protesting on the streets <laughs> all day to uh, <laughs> abolish Australia Day on that particular yeah. occasion.
1: Good, good message, good message for sure. Not breaking your leg, but <laughs> uh, definitely for abolishing uh, abolishing Australia Day. Um, but yeah, okay. So, what about uh, any the live for you? Any instances where you've had, like,
2: well, that's where was a sort of a, another shock to have have broken my leg off such a. A tame, tame situation of just, yeah. just falling over. Cause, uh, yeah, literally the, the last show we'd played at Fat Louis, which is where the incident occurred, uh, at the end of our set, I decided to jump up and run across the couches mm-hmm. that are just outside of the jam. room. Yeah. So I ran all the way down playing yeah. the last riffs of the song, got to the last one and the whole couch tipped up and I <laughs> hit the deck and people <laughs> yeah. came running over and picking me up like, okay, man, you heard like, Psh. just whatever, just kept playing the song and yep. jumping around like crazy. Um, I was
3: at that show and Rashid is just a powerhouse when he goes to play. He's yep. just all he's really a presence there on stage and uh, and it was amazing to see him going over these couches like flying with the bass around them. <laughs> and everything was going so perfect and then the last one just just tipped over. Oh man, that was unexpected.
2: <laughs> hey, let's let's rock but and roll.
3: You were indestructible. There you go. Back up with the bass and
1: yeah, running around. So yeah, all, th-
2: all the stupid shit I've done in my life and walked away from completely unscathed. Yeah, so
1: you've, you've generally been pretty lucky then as well yeah, while yeah, you've been yeah. playing. So I've ne- never
2: yeah. broken anything, hadn't sprained anything since I was a child and yeah, all it took was a, a flat wooden floor to take me in. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, two shows and you're going to be back on on the same old Rashid.
2: Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> we've got, uh, chuck the plug in now, both yeah. of our bands are playing Heist Fest this weekend. Yeah, and yeah, that'll, that'll be right. my first return to the stage sans injury uh, so that's probably going to be a little bit tamer on the performance side than I usually am I do like to give a good physical performance but that said at the jam room last night I was standing up and sort of testing testing how much I can stomp my foot and not go what, too far what ways I can contort myself and uh, yeah not go too far <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: no that's fair yeah. So when, when that did happen to you as well, because I do remember talking to Claire about this mm-hmm. uh, when she was on with Pooley, because um, she had absolutely destroyed her leg from yep. a, a, a skating incident. And um, ages, ages, long time of like therapy and just like rebuilding that leg again and stuff like that. And it did play a big part on how she dealt with things.
2: Yeah, too, I was actually uh, taking notes when I was listening to that podcast. Yeah, you? up on the drum stool, you say, "All right, yeah,
1: yeah." yeah. yeah. Pa- mm-hmm. Seeing what options you have, <laughs> yep. um, and it did. It did. On on bad days, it affected her. Obviously, um, mm-hmm. how did it? Not the same situation, obviously, but still having to be taken away uh, and limited to certain activities can really fuck with people's heads mm-hmm. a yeah. lot. Did it have a big impact on you when you suddenly couldn't fucking walk the yeah, same way oh, like you it, could? Yeah, it totally
2: sucked. Like, oh, I just want to get up and go over there and you just yeah. you just physically can't do that. Uh all those times that you're like, you know, you're getting up every morning to go to your job and you're just like, oh man, I just wish I could just stay home and just lie on the couch and watch TV mm. until you're forced to stay at home and mm. lie on the couch and you're like, this couch sucks.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> I've always wondered how drummers would feel, like how they would cope because for your instance, you're a bass player. You can still lay down on the couch and, and pick your bass up and fucking jam <laughs> out as much as you want. The drummer's whole thing is like, I mean, unless he was just using a single kick. But in this genre, just I mean, work on most, your paradiddles, mate. <laughs> in this genre, mostly anyway, you'll find a lot of people will have double kicks. Yeah. Um. So they're not going to be able to jam. They're not going to be able to practice and do what they do.
2: Yeah, a bit, uh, bit more debilitating for sure.
1: Yeah, and it's gonna mess with it's gonna mess with your head one way or another. I yep. think. And it 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 got me to wanting to know as well. Like, even though you weren't affected so much. By your limitation of being able to move, but Mm -hmm. being not being able to do certain things that you were able to do for even if it's a short amount of time, you can still get in that headspace where you're like, "Fuck it, this is this is I can't do it. Like it's it's shit. Why can't I? Like it's just a leg, whatever." But then you also
2: get that sort of other side of the coin of it where actually it felt kind of good to have a bit of a break from it, like Mm. living the two band lifestyle. And it's just like every second night you've got a jam pretty much every weekend or at least two out of the four weekends a month. You've got a gig to just being all right, well now I I'm forced to take this breather Mm -hmm. and, and sort of distance and see what, not being in a band life is like but then you know the rest of the crew organizing jams and going off and it's just like feeling a bit jealous like oh, i don't get to go hang out with my buds today like mm. they're off having the time of their lives in the jam room and i'm sitting at home but then you know you find other things to occupy it um got to focus a lot on behind the scenes schema activities got to line up a whole bunch of shows you and got, stay you active got with really that
3: really creative you yeah. got really creative <laughs> that's Yeah. Cool. smash
2: out a few more just different designs and stuff like that so you know you got to if the time's there, you got to figure out a way to to occupy, I and mean, it yeah. wouldn't have gotten anywhere just lying on the couch. Yeah. I mean, the, I said those times where it's like this couch sucks, but if I just sat there thinking this couch sucks the whole time, it would have sucked a whole lot worse. Yeah.
1: So finding yeah.
2: finding ways to just and what can I do in this situation? How can I turn this shit situation to my advantage? Yep. Well, how can I make the best of this?
1: And in uh, in lieu with that, what's the next step for Schema? Um What's that would be obviously a big proponent on being able to keep your mind preoccupied while all that's happening too. Mm -hmm. You're at the stage now where you've got fairly regular shows being able to be put together. Mm -hmm. What's the next step for you guys to get your name out there more to see that people can come to you as a reliable source, as support and not just support, but like another, another promoter per se to, come to that puts on reliable shows and fun shows yeah. like it, it what who i yeah it's, it's i suppose it's kind of a hard question so in that, it, that just sense just ask but it anyway no, but that's all yeah, we're here for but yeah like There's so much asking in the, the hard p- questions in the pipeline <laughs> yeah but yeah uh start anywhere in terms of what you guys are up to now and and what yeah, you so want to do
2: what do you want to let let known at the moment um
3: well Maybe the most immediate things that are happening right now are actually not as uh, as popular at, at the moment, but what we're doing is we're working with uh, two YMCA schools, mm-hmm. uh, North Lakes and Acacia
1: Ridge. I do know the one, I do know event, uh, like a PCYC in Acacia Ridge. I used to work around there uh, a fair while ago. Um, is it far from the hotel? Uh, I don't know where the hotel is, but no. I know it's
3: the, uh, the Acacia Ridge YMCA. So uh, we already worked with them a little bit on the Schema okay. Festival last year. And um, and this year we're collaborating with them to have a Schema presence at the show and work directly with these uh, at-risk, disengaged young kids. And I'm saying disengaged, disengaged from uh, standard education. They're quite engaged with their, with their uh, YMCA schools, alternative schools. Uh, But to get them excited about music, about performing themselves. So there's going to be performers from the school. Mm -hmm. And also we're working now with graffiti artists. So we're going to invite graffiti artists to do a graffiti presentation and a bit of a workshop to teach them how to do graffiti themselves. Mm -hmm. And so this is happening um, now on Saturday. That would be in... Ah, this is going to be past, but uh, by the time people listen to it. But on the 6th of April, there is one at Acacia Mm -hmm. Ridge, not Acacia's train. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, then on the 9th of April, we're working with Brisbane Youth Detention Center. And there's um, young people who are in detention who have no access to cultural events. So we're going to work um, with some musicians and organize drumming workshops. Oh, cool. And uh, there's going to be a DJ, not just playing music, but also showing how DJing works. Mm -hmm. And again, there will be graffiti artists there as well, trying to kind of teach these kids, you know, some skills and some interesting things that they can take on when
1: they are released. Do you do you find um, so I don't mean to intrude but I'm just curious about um, the graffiti artists coming in and stuff as well do you do you get a lot of people wondering why that you get them to come in do you do you think that it's uh, um, in, would you say it's it would be encouraging to be doing the graffiti or would it be it not 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 in the like as I'm You'll get a lot of people going. Oh, they're the ones that go out and do it out on the on the walls, and and we have to wipe it off. And yeah, all but that I think that's rubbish. The, rubbish. Yeah, sure. that's <laughs> the, the,
3: the the old
1: bullshit kind of approach. Yeah, yeah, to that, what that's is, that's yeah. that's what I mean. So obviously, that's not at all like what it's tr- the message is that you're trying to get. No, at Not at all. Not at all. No. What
3: what we're promoting is because
1: art is part of schema. It's <laughs> yeah, because the A yeah. in schema is art and. Um, because, yeah, I'm not bagging on graffiti at all because yeah. like th- the amount of crazy good artwork that comes out of exactly. you know, yeah. some of the trains that fucking go by, man. Like, I just yeah. love watching them because you just see like, oh, that one's pretty crap. They didn't try. Oh, that one, they took some time with that. Like, and you then know, you wonder, how the fuck did they have the time to do that? <laughs> I think the culture is finally
3: changing. Just the way it's changing, let's say, for tattoos and stuff. Now people have tattoos everywhere. When mm. I was growing up, it was like, ooh, you have a tattoo. Have you been to prison? Yeah, um, or you're in a gang yeah, or something. Sim- yeah, similar with, with graffiti. It used to be like, what graffiti is terrible. Now some good graffiti artists get commissioned to and paid thousands of dollars to pay to, to paint yeah. large pieces. And sometimes they, they even get like big collaborations and, and Brisbane City Council organized events as well. Yeah. To to do some decoration of the city because I think mm. ultimately the graffiti culture is A way to get rid of all these gray walls and empty spaces that are just dumb and boring. Yeah, well,
1: see, the more you know, too, like I did, I have no idea about this stuff, which again helps me understand more about what's going on and not to stigmatize any of these silly things like that, too. Like, say, that's not, it's definitely not what I thought, like, by what you were saying um, Mm. with having them come in. It's just, you're obviously going to have some people think, why would you want to be doing that? Like, why would you want to be encouraging people to Mm -hmm. see what the graffiti is is like and stuff? But again, it's an Mm. art form. if you can, if
2: you can expire that kid that's going out and armed with a Nikko or a can of Krylon, that's just doing dirty tags, just on public property, defacing it as it Mm. will, that they can take these skills that they identify with and use it to make beautiful, meaningful, legitimate art. Mm. Mm. That's focus focusing, that in a yeah, positive yeah. direction. Yeah. So if we're if you're not trying to focus where they're going already into a positive direction, then they're just going to generally carry down that that same path that they're mm. already on. Break the mm. cycle, yeah. sort of thing. Exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah. So that's. So that's that's some of the stuff that you've got going on at the moment with Schema. What else have you got going on? I'll let Rashid talk a little bit about other events that are happening. Oh, well,
2: you've still got one, one more that you're working on in North Lakes?
3: Yeah, so the, yeah, the, North yeah. Lake is the North Lakes is the other event. It's on the Thursday, I think it's 11th of April. And that's going to be a similar event again with music. Um, Tokyo Twilight is a local award-winning young artist, um, uh, musician, DJ. That yeah, makes plays. awesome electronica. Yeah, oh, cool. And so we he played at the schema festival as well. So speak about diverse, diversity of genres. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. And so he'll be uh playing music at both these um YMCA events yep. as well. So North Lakes on the ninth and uh Acacia Ridge on the sixth. No, North Lakes uh Lakes on the eleventh, Acacia I've Ridge the on the sixth. Oh, is it thir- <laughs> Thursday, whatever the Thursday is the Thursday of April. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, and Law detention center. Yeah, so. yeah,
2: it's all online. Check the schema page, <laughs> check that events tab. Yeah. And then, yeah, the next uh, schema event we've got on after that is uh, LifePilot from Adelaide joining us at Fat Louis on oh, cool. the 20th. And if you haven't checked out Life Pilot before, strongly recommend you do. They are insane. Yeah. And we are so stoked to be able to help them put on a show and have the schema label. Yeah, associated and on their brand as well. Yeah.
1: So, any of these bands that have played under your umbrella per se, have they? Are, are they going to be just like? Are they going to be bands that you go to on the regular? Like not not every one of them, but like say one or two of them that yeah. are, that will be like say we we play a lot for for the Schema Collective sort yeah. of thing. By all know? means, yeah. Like That's so, right. you could almost have like say a portfolio of bands that mm. you can. Put yourself, uh, put yourself out there as long as them by saying, hey, these guys played for us, we're going to give them some exposure. Uh, Absolutely. yeah, definitely part of it, yeah. We, that's, yeah. That's exactly what we do. So we have
3: this... Um, so at Schema Festival, actually 50 bands or 60 bands performed, between 50 and 60 acts. We
2: were just nipping on the heels of 60 acts.
3: Yeah. And was that on one day? Two days. Two days. Two days, but 60 acts. And it's that's just amazing. It's 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 impressive to also see the talent in the local scene and yeah, the diversity, yeah. but just amazing, talented musicians and just um, um, passionate people as well. So that's where I think our network grew quite a bit. And despite the fact that we have the Schema core bands now, there's lots of bands that play Schema shows quite regularly and we reach out to as well. Um, yeah, so we're gonna continue doing this, and we're already yep. doing this quite a bit.
2: Yeah, we've already featured a lot of the acts that played the Schema Festival in shows we've done since. Like we just had, for instance, All Hours mm-hmm. uh, play our show last Saturday. Uh, we, did, we had this Trinitide, amazing.
3: Yeah, Trinidad. We had this amazing hip hop oh. act.
2: Yeah, yeah, rinse out records. Rinsed out they, records. They've done a couple of shows for us. That, that crew, they're yeah, awesome. Always a lot of fun, and yeah, once again building up the reputation. We've got lots of bands that are messaging our page as well, saying, "Hey, been to one of your shows. Heard about your shows. Lo- would love to play one of your shows." Yep. So mm. just yeah, is just can't can't put enough shows on to have them all, but yeah, we're trying.
1: Yeah, right. Is so the highest Fest that you guys are playing as well, um, is that the biggest? uh band that you've played with today, uh being 36 Crazy Fist, like international?
2: Yeah, I'd say that's yeah for, for, for any band I've probably yeah. <laughs> ever mm-hmm. been in, that that'd probably be the most high profile act that I've supported.
1: Yeah. Yep. Certainly for Adriatic for sure. And this will be a perfect opportunity for you guys as well to talk to people more about the schema collective too and and throw your merch out there at the people as well because i'm i yeah. I, have, I have no doubt that there'll be a pretty decent crowd um at uh the back room for this one as well and super heist i know i've been around for a long time and i totally it, mm-hmm. it blew my mind at the fact that i didn't realize that they were actually from australia too all right yeah yep. yeah i'd always like because i heard them ages and ages ago it's just like one of those you know like with with i don't know about you but for me like there's always that like massive uh Collection of music that you like of what you first got into back in the day, somewhere mm-hmm. around the house and whatnot. Like, there'd be like for me, it was like System of a Down and Slipknot, and then Devil Driver and 36 Crazy Fist. Yeah, your constants you always return yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, you'd have a couple of loose ones in there here and there, and like Super Heist was in there. And I'm like, oh, yeah, these guys are all right. Liberate was the one I, that I had, and then there was something else as well. And I'm like, fucking bang of songs. Uh-huh. And then, like, I saw that fly come up for it, and I'd forgotten that. Super Heist, um, or even from Australia as well. And I'm like, fucking hey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. things you know. Yeah, the things you learn and the things you know. Um, and, and a funny anecdote
3: around this to me is that I had never heard of Super Heist, but um, I went to an Airbnb up north near Noosa recently with my family. And I went into the Airbnb and the, and there was a CD collection of like my style of music of everything that I love it was there Yeah, no and shit. I just I was like what the fuck's happening here <laughs> this, like I'm not gonna <laughs> leave this settled. Airbnb I'm not going to the beach this time I'll just sit here and listen to music Yeah, and, um, and I went to find out who the owner was and, and it was Richie from Super Heist and I've oh, never heard of the no band kidding. Super Heist until then because I'm not from Australia and, yeah. and I wasn't here in the 2000s and and he's like, yeah, I play in this band. I used to play in this band called Super Heist. We're getting back together again. Have you yeah. heard of it? And I'm like, no. And he's like, we're going to have a show with 36 Crazy Fists. Have you heard of this band? And I'm like, yeah, I know, 30, 36 yeah. Crazy Fists. So kind of one thing led to another. I gave him Adriatic, and he said he really enjoyed it. And he enjoyed that song, Parasite, as oh, well. Oh, no shit, Yeah. To, yeah. And also on our EP, there's this little spoken word before the song. So he said that was a good touch. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, we got into talking. So he got Adriatic on the show. Yeah. Because he enjoyed the band. So I was really thankful. And that's
1: that's just a, like, once off. I would say once off, but it was very random. Like, you just happen to see a whole bunch of tunes that were just right up your alley. And it turns out to be him. And next next thing you know, you're playing a fucking show for them. Yeah, like, yeah. And who knows, in the future we'll
3: probably do things together as well because now that they're playing again and um, if the show, the, the, the heist fest goes well, mm. maybe we can do some schema collaborations because their agent was very interested in emailing me and asking what's chemo all about so I was telling her yeah Yeah. in the
2: meantime Masic's working every angle it can to get on the show and there was a lot of communication and backwards and forwards and finally it came through they are like yep we can get you guys on the show as well so we're like oh awesome it's gonna be you know super high it's gonna be crazy uh, 36 crazy fists it's gonna be our buddies from from crisis to collapse and it's gonna be us this is sick and then they announced the support acts yeah Shit, Adriatic's on it too. <laughs> like we, we, didn't know we were both going to be on this show. Yeah, right. Small. are <laughs> like, all right, sweet schema in the house.
1: But yeah, you guys, uh, your end though, working your butt off to try and get on it. All he has to fucking do is just go up Noosa one weekend, and he just happens <laughs> to meet him, and then he's like, I like your tunes. You yeah, just well, got to go straight to the source by the sounds yeah, of it this.
2: this is an old, old, old saying that there's many ways to the top of the mountain. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that's right. Yeah, no, well, that's. I, I'm actually uh, stoked for you guys as well for getting onto that because yeah, it's 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 big exposure to to be able to play with an international, whether or not it uh, you've heard of them prominently yeah. or not. Like it's still noticeable to those that down the track and go. Well, these guys have supported international headliners before. Like they've mm-hmm. obviously got the sound.
2: Yeah, it definitely and, looks good on the buyer. Yeah, yeah.
1: exactly, and it <laughs> always. Know.
3: You know, it's interesting to me, sorry to interrupt you, no, but right. the, the whole concept of, oh, we're, we're growing, we've made it, we've played with international acts, mm. to me is like, I just would love to have more people see what we do because mm. I think they'll enjoy it, that's it. Like, I don't really care for us to get big acts and, I don't know, get paid to play the shows. It's not, it's not about it? that. Yeah. yeah, but I just would love to play to more than... 40 people cuz I still enjoy I and I always do and I give it all you got is like our hashtag uh give all you got but uh I still give it all I got but it's just I think it's more fun when more people are there to see it oh yeah and absolutely really when it. you get a crowd yeah. that's
1: into it and you just know that that's what's going to happen it's mm. chaos but it's good chaos like yeah. yeah there's no better there's no better feeling yeah, yeah yeah and it and it was quite uh
3: surprising I was so astonished Coming to, coming to Australia and there were like 20, 30 people at the shows, I was amazed at how there's not enough support at the local, from the community of the, to the local scene. Mm. That was another reason behind us starting a Schema because we thought we'll get more of our band friends and fans see each other. I know so you like of, other other bands from Schema.
1: I, I do see a lot of bands like to go over to Europe as well to play tours over there yeah. because the scene is is yeah. always Still thriving. A uh, three hundred people
3: show is a norm.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, like big crowds in small venues is a, is a very prominent thing over there, and that's why they like a lot of bands love going over to Europe. Yeah, even if it's expensive, like they'll still want to do it because that rush of playing to a full crowd of people is just going to exactly. get you going no matter what yeah and then you know it's not it's not to shit on 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 our country or of anything. it's not, just yeah. like you know regular shows will bring in a fair amount of people uh overseas and then you come here and even with regular shows like you it yeah. depending on who is playing with like will can quite often very easily determine the amount of people at the venue you know, absolutely. Unless you've got that pulling power here, mm, um, mm. you may not have a full crowd. Whereas over there, they just come at you left, right, and center, going, and feed me more. Like, yeah, me. but it's yeah. also you know? about got the taste for promoting yeah. the
3: culture. I think we should promote the culture a little bit more. And also, that's one reason why we do shows for charitable reasons is that maybe people will come out of a passion to support something, mm-hmm. and uh, and we have the passions to support. You know our local community as much as possible, and one of like my my main um, prides and happiness is uh, working with Skimo. Is that we we'll work with Sea Shepherd, and we we so respect these guys and what they do for the oceans, and they mm-hmm. um, and and it's a non for profit charity organization that just goes out there and is on the front line of making a difference in the oceans. So we love supporting these guys, and um, and when we did Sea Shepherd shows, they were. Very well attended. Yeah. So that's another thing. You can see that this passion is there in the people as well. So as much as possible, as you can draw them out of the homes and out of the of the smartphones <laughs> yep. and just actually enjoying
1: this, the, you know, the the bands playing. Yeah, I fully support it. I'm I'm a massive fan of what you guys have been doing. Um, the more that I've talked to you, the more that I've looked into. Just the general uh, gist of what you guys uh, are trying to promote and want to do is has, and has always been for me, a very uh, prominent, uh, I would say, commitment. But like it's it's something that I am very passionate about too as well. Is Mm. that the more the more space or like venues in this instance that you can have to be able to play. Uh, to play these these shows is really important, um, and especially to talk openly uh, and honestly about how how your head's going. One day is something I've just I've will continually bag on as much as as and I that's want. Awesome. It's important, you know, and I don't I don't really if it gets stale. I don't I don't give two fucks about that because. It, it, that's what you want it. you want like um, you don't want it to be stale, but you just want people to hear about it more, yeah. and more so mm-hmm. it's normal. You know? and it's not stale. I think it needs to
3: be said over and over again until people start realizing that it's mm-hmm. normal and it's part of life, and they need to talk about this.
1: Yeah, and knowing full well that there are uh, there is a community out there such as yourself, uh, both of you sorry, um, that are yourselves. Oh, all <laughs> of us. In fact, um, all of us, it's chemo. Yeah. It always it always starts to happen yeah. once this gets on a bit longer, but I start, <laughs> I just start fucking it right up. Um, it's all good, man. It's, we, it's, we accept you. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. Um... Yeah, like I, I, I'm a massive fan of what you guys do, and I, uh, I really love to support and get behind it. And as much as I can, I will. And our doors are open, man. Yeah, yeah
3: and for me. anyone listening, our doors are open. Just want to do things that make a difference. Yes, yeah. and yeah. we in
2: turn, yeah, love what you're doing. I've been really enjoying listening to the podcast, and like. Chatting to people in in the scene that I may not have personally been able to connect with at this stage, but mm. hearing a bit about their processes and what they're going through, that case in point before Claire with the broken leg, and just picking mm. up a, a few of her little tips, and then yeah. when she was um, playing one of our shows the other week, you know, I had I had stuff to go up and talk to her about. Yeah. Otherwise, she might just be another person. Yeah, coming in playing the show, but hey, look, there's someone that I know something about now. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I can go and build on that connection. Yeah. So yeah, re- we really love what you're doing, and oh. we're, we're happy to help and support you as I, in any way we can with I what you're doing too
1: feel the love and it is amazing I appreciate it so much and on an insanely good high after that just keep feeding me the love while I'm doing <laughs> it no I'm kidding yeah. um, we we'll are drop to bag off <laughs> we're gonna end the night uh, with Rashid's band Rashid's band sorry uh, Masik
2: it's all good don't care what you call me as long as you call me
1: <laughs> alright I will um, <laughs> We're going to end the night with uh, Masik, and we're going to play. You have a video for this one too, don't you?
2: Uh, the Herder doesn't have a video at the moment. We've been discussing in a long time I to, sw- to create. Did you a final have? One for did you have a video? For uh, uh, we've got a video for Preconceptions, and uh, I really should know what, what songs I we have sw- Yeah, for.
1: I could have sworn when I was looking through the other day that you guys because I was going to sh- I was going to uh, share a post about it that you guys had a music video. I could be wrong. Could We'd have been check someone else. Facebook. The, <laughs> the Herder is
3: such a such a topical song, though. It's amazing because it's uh, related to all of these recent talks about the. Um, Devolve, how do you pronounce that? The how do you that? We've pro- got
2: the legit film clip for.
3: Yeah. How do you pronounce this guy? Pale, and That guy. The the church. Oh, the, George Pell.
2: George Pell. Oh, That guy.
3: Yes. Yeah, so Ugh. so a very relevant topic. The to Herder about about. Um, I'm a, I'm the a, dark side of the of religion and church and yeah I'm
2: n- and hiding hiding behind these beliefs yeah, yeah. like your nefarious activities
1: <laughs> mm. <laughs> you can't use religion as a cover for being a piece of shit you yeah know? that's right it's yeah. it's pretty bad shouldn't um, be using anything my favorite yeah. favorite flyer or any sort of imagery that has come from uh, that that whole escapade, that piece of shit, was the... Um, there's, a, there's a show down at Vinny's Bar... Or Vinny's Dive, sorry, in May. I think it's called... Uh, it's like a... Yeah,
2: Dead Yet's playing it. Yeah, we, yeah. We tried to get on that show as yeah, well. Yeah,
1: Cardinal Pell goes to jail or some shit like that. And it's got him on the front um, looking like the deadbeat that he is. And then on the side... It's only the three pitchers, but they were like the three prominent people that were like, this guy, he... He couldn't have possibly done it, you know. Mm. Like he's, I've, Johnny Howard yeah, vouching it, it, and yeah, to, uh, sickening. The three biggest pieces of shit in the world that you'll ever probably <sighs> fucking yeah. hear from: John Howard, fucking Tony Abbott, and Andrew Bolt. Fucking yeah, like <laughs> just incite, like hate-filled pieces of shit that just yeah. old white dudes that just can't let go of shit. Mm. And yeah, it had, and dead yet. I remember when I saw them for the first time, like. They blew me out of the water when I saw them too. Like, I just, I think... Yeah, what they drew leave it to, all on the stage. Yeah, Awesome yeah, performance, awesome in, music. Very thrashy, and it just sucked me right in when I first heard them. So, yeah, awesome lineup on that as well. Sucks that you didn't get on, though. But in saying that...
2: There we you go, are, Vinny's dive, belt, dive Bar, Cardinal George Pell goes to jail. Yeah. And it's got the little Monopoly dude on there as well. Yeah, go directly yeah, to jail. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but say, you, <laughs> might, awesome. you guys might not have gotten on that,
1: but... You are supporting thirty six crazy fists, though. so <laughs> this is true. You know, I buzz off that high for a while. I think that's pretty. That's pretty fucking cool. Maybe they can
2: do a solid and play Herder in the on the pipe music Fuck yeah. <laughs> in between sets. Yeah, that did. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. All right, um, we're gonna have a jam of the Herder uh, to play us out for the night. Um, I was secretly hoping that you would play "Defeated" because that's my favourite. Dead, dead set from that one. I just—it's got a very, um, oh, what's the word? It, it just straight in your face. Yeah, it's a very, it. very driving. Yeah, song. yeah, to the point in your face, and especially towards the end, you know, the, like uh, the, that breakdown part as well. You just know that's the time when mm-hmm. if you want to. Fuck shit up. <laughs> that's uh, yeah. the time to do it. Yeah, and that just made me think of like the old days when I first started getting into music and like just hearing that that sound uh, and a lot of those those sorts of songs that had that mm-hmm. uh, not just a breakdown but just that that's, that that uh, original sound that just amped you up sort yep. of thing. First thing that it made me think of as well. Is, yeah, like, I believe that tracks nostalgia. about
2: um, disjointed and dysfunctional. Parental relationships. Yeah, right. Uh, I'll leave that up to Cider one day. Come in and explain the, the <laughs> perhaps <laughs> the deeper meanings on that. That's but it, but aside from the the subject matter that doesn't relate to you, uh, we'll dedicate that one to you when you see you throw it down in the crowd at Heistfest on the weekend. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, anyway, so we're going to finish the night out with the Herder from Massic. Thank you again so much for both of you for coming on. I've really Thanks enjoyed for tonight. Us. Um, if I've been a bit too, uh, what's the word? Oh, I'm looking forward this time. If I've been a bit uh, out of sorts per se, I'm just a little bit tired. i have had a, a pretty full on, pretty full on schedule we've today it, as well. We've had a pretty fun conversation. Yeah, don't worry man. about it. Yeah, it's been yeah, awesome. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for having us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if I can that, say, sh- that ex- you don't use excuses. You shout out it. to you and shout <laughs> out to
3: all the people in Brisbane who support and in Australia who support the local scene. And shout out to all our schema buddies. We we didn't get around to talking much about the other schema bands, but
2: uh, oh, we dropped some regular Gonzales. We'll, Gonzalez. we'll we send M-bos, them over yeah. to you. Yeah, Just name drop. Check them out the <laughs> compilation. Yeah. Check out our Facebook page. Yeah. Like it. Follow our stuff. Yeah, yeah we've
1: got. Do you want a, if you want to name drop them more quickly right now, we've got, got Firth, Homeless Yellow,
3: uh, Regular Gonzalez, and us. Who am I missing? Found in trees.
2: Yeah, found in trees. Bit, bit absent at the moment. What's going yeah. on, guys? We love your music. <laughs>
1: Audiomaki is a very cool project. Oh, in, yeah. yeah. Insane. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That's it so far. So far. Well, so yes, far. for sure. There's going to be many more. Yeah. No. And I'll I'm look probably missing someone and then at home I'm going to be like, oh, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I look forward to he- uh, hearing more and seeing more that are involved with this as well. And I, Yeah. Mad respect to what you guys do And I Thank can't you. wait to see What comes next from you So we're going to end the night now Finally with uh, The Herder from Massic. Cheers again guys Thanks for listening
2: Thanks heaps Thank Take you. care everyone
0: WOW! No.